If you have your Bible, turn with me to the Gospel of John in chapter 1. The Gospel of John in chapter 1 in this introductory series of sermons in chapter 1 of the Gospel of John, we're being introduced to seven titles for Jesus. Seven titles by which the Apostle John identifies who Jesus is. Uh, We saw in verses 1 through 3 the first title, the Word. The Word. Jesus is the Word made flesh. God's representation of himself to mankind in verses 4 through 13 we saw the second title jesus is the light he is the light of life and through faith in jesus there is new life eternal life in verses 14 through 18 john showed us the third title And he's showing us who Jesus is with these titles. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the Son of God. God the Son. And then last week we began to look at verses 19 through 28 where John uses a fourth title for Jesus. It is the Christ. Jesus is the Christ. Christ means anointed one. It also means Messiah. So Jesus is the Christ, the anointed one and Messiah, sent by God the Father as deliverer and king. And today we return to these same verses that we started looking at last week, verses 19 through 28. So let's go to verse 19. And I want you to follow along in your copy of God's Word as I read from the English Standard Version, John 1, beginning at verse 19. And this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. And so they said to him, Who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. And verse 24, Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Then why are you baptizing if you are neither the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know, even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. So in this narrative, it's a a narrative portion of chapter 1, we're seeing this encounter that John the Baptist had with the priests and the Levites that had been sent by the Pharisees to question him. In verses 7 and 8, the Apostle John, the writer of this book, the Apostle John, introduces us to John the Baptist saying that he came as a witness 
John the Baptist came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him he was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. That's just what we noted here last week. We can see it here in verse 20 when John the Baptist answers their question as to whether he is the Christ. Verse 20 says, He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And then they ask him, Well then, are you Elijah? He says, I'm not. And they say, are you the prophet? He says, no. And what we're challenged with here, and we were challenged with this last week, is that John is a messenger. We're told that John is a messenger. And he knew that that's what he was, that he was sent by God to be a messenger. He knew that. He understood that about himself. That he was God's messenger. He knew his job was to point to Jesus. To shine the light on the Christ. The anointed one. The Messiah. Who had been sent by God the Father to forgive the sins and save all who believe in him. John had been sent by God to be a messenger. Do you... See yourself as a messenger. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, do you see yourself as one whom God has called to be a messenger? One who points to the light, the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior? I think God wants us to see ourselves that way. Uh, Sometimes we, as individuals, think, what is my purpose in life? What am I supposed to be doing here? What am I... What am I supposed to be about? Can I give you this encouragement from the life of John the Baptist? That there is no higher calling than that of a believer in Jesus Christ who understands that their ultimate purpose on this earth is to point to Jesus. To live a life of joy in the Lord and point to the Savior who has saved them. Is that you? Oh, I want that to be you. I want that to be me. And so John the Baptist is emphatic when he answers them. He confessed and did not deny, deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And so now let's pick up at verse 22. Look at verse 22 again. So they said to him, who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? Can you sense their frustration? (laughs) And you see the frustration of these men. Their question is, who are you and what do you say about yourself? You're not saying anything about yourself. You're not telling us who you are. Okay, we give up with the guesswork. You tell us who you are. We're going to look foolish if we have to go back without an answer. What does John say about himself? Look at verse 23 again. When you look at verse 23... You've got to appreciate the faithful witness of John here. His faithful witness. Verse 23 says again, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord as the prophet Isaiah said. He is a man on a mission. He is clear 
about his message. It is not about himself. Their question was, what do you say about yourself? And his answer, look at it, it's, it's great. His answer doesn't point to himself, it points to Jesus. Make straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said, he doesn't get into who he is, does he? He doesn't tell them about any of his accomplishments and not even where he's come from. He doesn't tell them that either. John simply and humbly says, look, I'm just a voice. I'm just a messenger. I've been sent with a message to make clear. And John is very clear for his own sake and for the sake of anyone who would question him what his role is in the ministry for which God has equipped him and sent him. He is very clear. We're going to see this clarity again from John the Baptist when we get to chapter 3. But let's just jump there for a moment. Chapter 3, John 3 and verse 28, we're going to hear him say again, John 3 and verse 28, You yourselves bear, wit bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before Him. And then this in chapter 3 and verse 30, which is a clear lesson to us about who we ought to be as servants of Jesus Christ. He must increase, but I must decrease. More of Jesus, less of me. <laughs> More about Jesus. More about Jesus, less about me. I must make more of Him. I must make less of me. Jesus must be central to my life and not me. <laughs> it's not about me. My life is not about me. My purpose is not about me. My purpose and your purpose, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, is about Jesus. And whatever it is you do in life, whatever career path you have chosen, whatever family you have, whatever neighborhood you're in, you are there. You are doing that. You are living that life to point to Jesus with the life that God has entrusted to you. John knew that about himself. He was clear on that. And oh, that more believers in Jesus would be clear on that. I must... In, uh, he must increase, I must decrease, he says. That's just the kind of attitude that God's servants everywhere should desire to be growing in. It's not something that comes automatically, is it? We need to be reminded, like we're, we're being reminded here in the text. We see this same example in a passage like Luke uh, chapter 17 and verse 10, where Jesus was teaching his followers, that this was the attitude they should have. And by extension, this is the attitude that Jesus' followers today should have. Listen to Luke 17.10. So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. This is the same attitude that's demonstrated by others in the New Testament. We see it in Paul's example in Ephesians 3.8 when he says, To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach 
to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Do you, do you realize, church, that you have at your disposable the unsearchable riches of Christ to share with the watching, waiting world? Paul also said of himself in 1 Corinthians 15, 9, For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But you know what God did? God saved Paul. God saved him. And then he was a man with a mission and a message about Jesus Christ. So back to John the Baptist's mission. Back to his humility seen here in chapter 1 of John the Apostle's Gospel. His humility is actually a common trait of those who are faithful witnesses who point people to the Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, humility. They see themselves in the proper light. They don't see themselves as too highly favored necessarily, as too highly appointed, but as one who is a servant, a messenger of the Lord Jesus Christ. John properly sees himself as simply a voice, a witness. But note something else here. John is also a fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. The Apostle John, as he writes this gospel, is pointing back to Isaiah 40 and verse 3. In fact, all four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, point to that passage and connect it to John the Baptist as the fulfillment of prophecy. Look again at verse 23 and note what John the Baptist is saying here. He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. And then a quote from Isaiah 40. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Even when John the Baptist points to Isaiah's prophecy, he's still pointing to the Christ. He's still pointing to Jesus. He's not making a deal. He's not making a big deal of him being a fulfillment of prophecy, make straight the way of the Lord, he says. What does that mean? Make straight the way of the Lord. It means get your hearts ready for the Christ. It means get yourself prepared for the Messiah, the Savior. I wonder if you see, like I do, the clarity And the humility of John here. He is clear on what his mission is. He is clear on who he is. It's like he's saying, look, I'm just a part of the road crew who's trying to get all the bumps out of the road, all the twists and windiness out of the road to make straight the road so that people will find Jesus and trust in Him, believe in Him. I'm just here to tell you to get ready for the Messiah. And let's not miss this. John the Baptist is a messenger who wants people to believe in Jesus and be saved. He's not just about telling people good things. He's, telling, he's about telling people the, about the good one, the Lord Jesus Christ who came to save sinners. 
So many people want to play at spirituality today. John is all business here. You realize you need to be about, about the Lord's business in your life, preparing yourself for the Messiah. Sometimes I think we need to be more serious about our spirituality. John is all business, and you should be all business about Jesus. Go straight to Jesus. God's Word calls out to you to see who Jesus is and believe in Him and be forgiven your sins and saved for all of eternity. And then God's Word calls you to walk with Jesus through life. Look to Jesus. That's what John's Gospel is all about. And so, when I get to a place like this, I have to say, have have you believed in Jesus? Have you trusted in the Christ? Have you truly believed in Him alone for the forgiveness of your sins? Have you trusted in Jesus alone for salvation, for eternal life? That life is found only in Christ. There's nothing you can do Nothing you can add, nothing you can bring to your faith in Christ. What God expects for you to bring is empty hands. Trust in Jesus. Trust in Him alone and be saved. You can do that even in this moment. Cry out to God from the quietness of your heart and believe in His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and be saved. Listen, going to church does not mean that you're saved. Only faith in Jesus Christ alone saves you from the punishment that you deserve for your sin. And Jesus paid that price. That's what we celebrated this morning with the Lord's Supper. If you haven't gone straight to Jesus, what are you waiting for? It's interesting. That's not what these men questioning John were doing. They weren't going straight to Jesus. In verse 24, we learn that it wasn't just the Jews who had delegates sent to John to question him. It was also the Pharisees. Verse 24 says, and now now they had been sent from the Pharisees. The Pharisees were a, a small group of Jews, but very authoritative. They insisted on a strict interpretation of the law. They insisted on a very careful observance of the law. And not only the Old Testament laws, but also laws that had grown from their many tradition. They they were convinced that their law-keeping would make them righteous in God's sight. We're going to learn later that some Pharisees did follow Christ. They did trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. But the Pharisees as a group, as a whole, they opposed Jesus. So the next question likely shows that the Pharisees, being far more concerned with law-keeping than with the religiously liberal Sadducees, the religiously liberal Sadducees would not have asked this question. So the Pharisees had delegates here who prompted this question. Look at verse 25. They asked him, then why are you baptizing Why are you baptizing if you are neither the Christ nor Elijah nor the prophet? 
Who gives you the authority to baptize? Essentially, the question is, you say you're not the Christ and you're not Elijah and you're, you're not a prophet, then who gives you the authority to baptize? Who said you could do this? And look at John's answer in verse 26. And note again his humility here in verse, you'll see it in verse 27. Verse 26, John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know. He's pointing to Jesus again. Verse 27, even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. And verse 28 says, These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. John was not going to defend his baptizing. He's a messenger. He's just pointing once again to Christ in what he says. So far, they knew nothing of Jesus. They weren't seeking Jesus because they wanted to know him. And here comes John, and he's baptizing, which is what the Jews did with those who were converts to Judaism in preparation for the Messiah's coming. They didn't baptize Jews since they considered them to already be a part of God's kingdom. And so they come and question John, and, and they're wondering, why is he baptizing Jews? Who gives you this authority to baptize Jews? So their thinking was like this. Why would you baptize Jews since they don't need baptizing? They're already in the kingdom. And let's get this clear here. Baptism doesn't save. Baptism doesn't save. It's just a, it's just a sign. It's just a testimony. It's an outward expression of an inward change that's already taken place. The question might be, should I be baptized? And I would say, if you've trusted in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you should be baptized. If you have not been baptized, come talk to me. We'll do something about that. But the Jews saw baptism as something that unconverted, unconverted Gentiles needed to be right with God because they were already right with God. They were not, but they thought they were. Their rule-keeping, their law-keeping... The point of John's baptizing is this. John's baptizing work was only in anticipation of Jesus coming. John's baptism was one more way that he pointed people to Jesus, to the Christ. Matthew's gospel records this encounter this way. The same encounter Matthew's Gospel records it like this in Matthew 3. Listen to verse 6. When they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Jews? Confessing their sins? And John the Baptist says about this in verse 11 I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I. And Matthew's gospel says it just a little bit differently than John's gospel, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. John's baptism was simply an admission by those being baptized that they were sinners 
in need of a Savior. That just an admission by those being baptized as they prepared for the coming Messiah, that they were indeed outside God's saving covenant. It was an outward public expression of their repentance. John is not talking about himself here. He says he only baptizes with water. And then he, what does he do? He points to Jesus again. He points them to Jesus. And one you do not know. And we're shown here his humility. Again, he is simply a willing servant of the Christ. He is not the Christ. He is a servant of the Christ, the Messiah. So let me ask you again. Are you a believer in Jesus? And if you are, if you are a believer in Jesus, if you would say, I've trusted in Jesus alone for the forgiveness of my sins, how willing are you to serve your Savior with the way you live your life. Psalm 84 in verse 10 expresses the idea of what John is saying this way when he talks about not being worthy to untie or carry the sandal of the one who is Jesus. Psalm 84.10 expresses the same idea this way. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. Will you, believer in Jesus Christ, will you willingly and joyfully serve your Savior by doing whatever needs to be done to point people to Jesus, doing whatever God has given you to do, whatever God has gifted you to do, wherever God has given you a, a tug on your heart to serve in a way, in any way that would point people to Jesus, are you willing to do that? I appreciate the words of commentator Matthew Henry when he puts it plainly saying, the great business of Christ's ministers, and that's God's children, the great business of Christ's ministers is to direct all people to Him. We preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. And he was echoing Paul. Paul in 2 Corinthians 4 5, which says, For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. Are you a servant of Christ? For Jesus' sake. We're not worthy to untie or carry the sandals or to be His lowly doorkeepers. But, but get this. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, he is, he is calling you and He is entrusting you with this wonderful message. No, we did not earn this privilege, but this is a privilege a privilege that's a gift from God to be able to be messengers like John the Baptist and like many others who have gone before us. If you're a believer in Jesus, God has graciously chosen you to be a messenger. 
to make straight the way of the Lord. We are to prepare ourselves to serve Him faithfully. Are you doing that? Are you preparing yourself every morning to serve the Lord in that day in which He has given you to serve Him? We are called to prepare ourselves to serve faithfully and with humility. And we are to proclaim Jesus, the Christ. We have one message, it's Jesus. May we proclaim that message as God's church.